Okay, welcome everybody to episode two of The Hidden Window. Hope everyone had a good week, Bob. Hope your week was good on your steel and concrete bunker. So, hey, a couple questions came in regarding the show last week. The first one was, what was that song, Bert the Turtle? All right, now, Bert the Turtle was a PSA. For those of you keeping square at home, that means public service announcement. That was one of those ridiculous things they cut out in the 1950s when the Ruskies were going to start lobbing A-bombs at us. The whole idea was, when the bombs start raining down, duck and cover. So, yeah, like, that's going to work. But so that's what Bert the Turtle was, is this ridiculous PSA. There should be some of you out there who probably remember doing these drills in school where you literally hit under the desk. My sisters might have done that. I know. I, I missed out on that fun. But um, so that's Bert the Turtle. The second one was, what do I like to listen to when I'm out driving around? Now, I, I listen to a lot of programs. I'll mention one that some of you probably have not heard of. His name is Richard Serrett. S-R-Y-E-T-T. He's a Canuck, yes, Canadian, out of Canada. He has a weekly program on Saga 960 in Toronto. That makes him a Maple Leaf fan, and we're not going to hold that against him. Anyhow, uh, Saga 960, 4-6, great program. He also has his own podcast known as Strange Planet, which I love listening to. So he's a great entertainer. Richard Serrett, check him out sometime. All right. First episode, like I say, part of this program, we're going to look at some kind of lighthearted news, which is hard to find. I found one. Now, it's 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 a little bit different. It involves theft, which is, you know, not usually a lighthearted segment. But, you know, I'm going to make an exception with this one. This one takes the cake. So we're going to go down to Jasper, Alabama. And WJLX, the sound of Walker County. What happened down there? They have a 200-foot-tall radio tower. You know, people have radio towers, right? No big deal. Except for this one was stolen. That's right. Somebody stole a 200-foot-tall radio tower. And I'm thinking to myself, well, how do you, how do, you do that? And uh, it, it was gone. The whole gone. It wasn't cut up. wasn't chunked into pieces. It was gone. The entire 200-foot segment. I'm thinking to myself, how did they pull this off? Even if you can find a 200-foot-long trailer, which I don't think they make, how are you going to transport this thing out of there? So I'm going through the process in my mind. You're going down the road with this trailer. You've, let's say you found one. And you get pulled over by Walker County Sheriff. And he asks you, uh, all right, son, what are, you, what are you hauling back there? Oh, that, 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 there, that's, a, that's my, uh, that's... That's my hog pen. It's a hog pen. I brought it from a feller, and, you know, he uh, he had it all bolted up and, you know, put. So I figured I don't want to go fool with it. I'm just going to take it all home and make it a hog pen for my hogs. Yeah, it's just a hog pen. That's all, that's all that is. No problem. So let's say uh, the sheriff thinking, well, what else could it be? I mean, go ahead. You're on your way. There's nothing wrong with hauling a 204-long trailer, as far as I know of. So then you go on to where are you going to put this thing? Let's say you bring it up to your backyard, and you put it back there, and the neighbor walks by and goes, Hey, uh, hey, Jim, um, what's that in the backyard? I don't remember seeing that before. Oh, know that? Oh, no, that's my radio tower. No, that's been there. That's been there for years. I just painted it, and uh, it really pops, doesn't it? And I, No, I painted it. That's why you never saw it before. But uh, 
you know, that that's why that's there. So uh, really, really bizarre. And I'm looking at the date. You know, I'm no detective. All right, I looked at the date, and it was stolen on February 2nd. Yes, that's Groundhog's Day. So I'm going through my mind thinking, wait a minute, there's something suspicious about this. I'm thinking of old Puxatani Phil. What does he do all year? He doesn't have to work. He comes out for 20 seconds and says, shadow or no shadow. Then he goes back on his hole. All right, so what a perfect alibi. They throw him back in his hole. Is he connected to this, you know, the theft of this radio tower? I don't know, but he's got a great alibi. If I was Walker County, I think I'd go up to that burrow in Puxatani and knock on his burrow and see what he knows. So that is that segment. By the name of Bert, and Bert the turtle was very alert. When danger threatened him, he never got hurt. He knew just what to do. He ducked and covered. All right, everybody. So let's move on to the heart of this program. That is the conspiracy theory slash something you never heard before slash bizarre news. This is going to fit clearly in that category of something you've never heard of before. Today, we're going to talk about the dog-headed men. Now, I'm not talking about P.T. Barnum's dog-faced boy or werewolf. See, everyone's heard about them. These are the dog-headed men, better known as cynocephali. Cyno, from the Greek word, cyno meaning dog, and then cephali, you can place your wagers now if you want. Meaning head, you'd be right. So, cynocephalite, dog-headed men. Now, there's been writings about them for 2,500 years. That's an awful long time in my book. The first reported writing was a Greek physician named Cestius in the 5th century BC. You roll forward, a couple hundred years later, the Romans got in the act. A guy named Claudius Aurelius wrote about him as well. Interestingly enough, they both wrote about them in the same regions in their journeys in India. They said they lived in the mountains. They were quite tall, six and a half, maybe seven feet tall. Looked like, you know, a regular old human, except, as you would guess, they had a head of a dog. All right. And um, the way they talked about them was that they, you know, get along. They weren't too aggressive, but they would communicate. They were intelligent. As you guessed, communicating, being a dog, what do you think? They're going to bark. And that's what they did. So they both wrote about him the same way. Old Claudius and Cestius had the exact same description of these characters, the Sinocephali, which is interesting. Now, I don't know those two. The next three, I guarantee all of you probably heard of. The first one is Alexander the Great. Now, he wrote about them in the second century. He reported not only seeing them, but his troops doing battle with them, saying that they were fierce fighters. And you go forward again, another one that you all probably heard of was Marco Polo. I, you know, I don't know much about Marco Polo. To me, he got relegated to a game you played in the pool in the summertime when you were a kid. Remember? Going, Marco Polo. That's the guy I'm talking about, Marco Polo. So he saw them out in the Indian Ocean. Again, we're kind of seeing that connection to India here, out in the island chains out there. And when he saw them, he said that these these guys were there, reported the same way. They would bark. They would, you know, tear up our game. But this time, they would go after you. They didn't like you anymore. Uh, so I'm, I'm seeing a description here of what happened. 
And it kind of manifests itself best in the next one I'll talk about, as you all know too, is Christopher Columbus. Christopher Columbus, by royal decree from Queen Isabella, was told, I want to know what's going on with the Sonocephali. I've heard a lot of stories about them. I heard that they're in the Caribbean. I want you to go out there and find them. So when he went over there, he started talking to the indigenous tribes known as the Taino. And they had a lot to say about these guys. The Sinocephali were there. By this time, they transformed into man-eaters. So I think the game was up. You go way back to Cestius. We got along with them. Kind of, right, you stay on your side of the fence. I'll stay on mine. Later on, they figured, you know what? You guys are out to kill us. So we're going to probably have to kill you first. If we're going to kill you. We might as well eat you. So that's what happened in Christopher Columbus and the uh, Sinocephali. Now, what first got me into looking at all this, I was just, you know, fooling around with it, Googling images up, whatever, looking at stuff. And I saw an icon of St. Christopher that was portrayed in the Eastern Orthodox Church. Um, you know, he's a saint. And I look at the icons, except his is different. He had a head of a dog. Well, you don't normally see head of dogs on saints. So I'm like, well, that, that kind of caught my eye. It kind of jumped at me. So I started reading on it, and to be fair, uh, St. Christopher was, by all accounts, a giant of a man. He was about seven feet tall, which was huge for that time. He also was reported to, by some Roman accounts, under Emperor Diocletian, to was captured in battle. If you want to believe that side of the story... His name at that time was Reprobus, which means reprobate, which I could understand that. So he was captured by the Romans, and then he converted to Christianity, accepted Christ, baptized, and for doing all this, he was transformed into a full human. So that's one side of the story. The other side, again, to be fair, is he was a Canaanite, St. Christopher, and um, he was martyred in about 305, but... You have that, and Canaanite, Canish, you remove a word, looks like canine, so it could be a play on words, but, you know, kind of food for thought. There is an icon in the Eastern Orthodox Church of St. Christopher is being depicted as having a dog head. Kind of weird to me. I don't know, that's just me. I'm kind of a strange guy. But, uh, so that's it. The Sinocephali. Uh, go and look it up. Spend some time, rather than looking at all the garbage that's on the news now, so if you're taking Googling something, go look up Sinocephali, S-Y-N-O-C-E-P-H-A-L-I, Sinocephali. Look it up. Find out for yourself. Again, something bizarre, food for thought. That's what this show is all about. All right. So we'll end it today on one of my um, just ramblings of my head, and which kind of just, it can go anywhere. So this is, you know, these are all true stories. I don't make this stuff up. Um, I am not a tech wizard. As a matter of fact, there's one end, you have the tech geeks. I am on the far other end of the spectrum. My son says it's a textard, so I guess I'm a textard, which I could live with that. I went down to a camera store. I'm up in our attic, and I found a bag. And I said, oh, look at this. It's a Nikon camera with all the lens attachments. That's pretty cool. I forgot we had it there. So, you know, look at them. Let me run it down to a local camera store and see if they could, you know, dust it off. You know, polish it up and buy some film for it and let's start using these things again. So I went down to the Stanton Camera Shop and Museum. Now, 
If you folks have never been to a Camry Museum in your life, this is the best one I've ever seen in my life. Well, also the only one, so don't take that into account. But Stanton, Virginia, if you're there, go check it out. The Stanton Camera Shop and Museum. So I digress. I'm in the shop, talk to the owner. He goes, oh, that's a, that's a fine camera there. You got a Nikon. Yes, I do. I, I like to dust it off and get using it again. He goes, what, what do you want to do with it? I said, well, you know, I like to you know, look at it and uh, you get some film and use it. He looked at me like I had four heads. He goes, you want to use it? Yeah, I want to buy film. Well, we don't, we don't have any film. Now, wait, it's a camera shop. Why wouldn't you carry film? I don't understand that. He goes, like, uh, where have you been? I don't know. I, the last time I took pictures was a long time ago. I have no idea. I want to buy some film for the camera. That's, is that asking too much? Evidently, yes. He said that film was out for about 15 years. Yeah, 15 years. Everything's digital now. Nobody told me. I haven't been paying attention. So I figured out that I'm kind of like a Rip Van Winkle. Remember him? He fell asleep for like 100 years. I have this 15-year gap where I just, technology-wise, I just went off, went off a cliff. I had no idea. No one told me film was out. But guess what? Finding out that film is making its way back. So, wait around long enough. Things come back to normality. All right, folks. That's the end of the show. We'll see you next week. Bob, take it easy. See you all later.